Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. Mike Schaefer joined by Brian Christofferson, Michael Brunts. It is Wednesday of Colorado week. Nebraska is 1-0. Vegas is trying to figure out what to do with this Nebraska-Colorado game. The line has moved from, what, uh, 7 to, I think, 3.5 is where we sit currently. Some places had it at 9 during the summer, didn't they? Like, it was pretty, pretty close to double digits. One of my favorite things is the, like, hour before game panic that some have when, like, the line starts to shift dramatically, like, a point or two. Mm-hmm. I always like that. Do you think that we pre-kickoff. See, do you think we see that? Yeah, probably. Everybody coming in late. Yeah. And there's always kind of this thought, like, oh, they know something. They know something. You think it's going to be because of Barrett Pickering? Is that is that why the money's going to come in? <laughs> well, I could probably tell him right now. <laughs> Don't he's, count on old Pickering. He's not going to be doing the Kickering. Yeah, I'm not expecting it. So that's going to be a storyline. But uh, it's rivalry week, though. Everybody's fired up, talking trash. Nebraska football wearing camo like 1986 Miami. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on who you ask. There's a particular columnist in Colorado that really thinks Nebraska's really bringing the haymakers. I, 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 didn't, I didn't sense that this week, i got to be honest. There was a little jabs here and there, mid-section jabs, but I don't think I don't think it was anything over the top. It's kind of like just a little poke in the kidneys, right? Like you're just, you see somebody you know and you just kind of <laughs> jab them a little bit with a pointer finger. Yeah, you didn't see any head hunting? No, no head hunting. Didn't see any uh, anything egregious. That that's gonna be nailed to bulletin boards. It, if I saw some of the stuff that was has been said this week nailed to a bulletin board, if I were a Colorado or Nebraska player, I would probably shrug and just move on. Eh. Like who wasted the time <laughs> to copy that? <laughs> You'd pay more attention to like if they had those little things where it's like someone's selling a little refrigerator and you can pull the number yeah, tab, like a pull tab for guitar lessons yeah. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that would be more interesting to you than any of the quotes. <laughs> Should Nebraska bust out the fake Lavisca Chenault quote and just plaster that around the uh, the old locker room? Yeah, why not? Like see, that's, that's see if the, that gets them going. The juiciest thing in this rivalry has been a fake quote. <laughs> I think that that sums up you know where. Where things are at at this point. All right, we we discussed in our nameless recap pod. Uh, we're still looking for names. We've gotten some good suggestions. Bruns, have you seen one that you particularly like? Your giggling over here. Well, there was one last night that came in that was uh, a playoff of Garrett Nelson's quote from the other day. If I could find it, something uh, hot piss related. Hot piss and opinions was the, uh, <laughs> which is a little bit of a deep cut, but. I mean, there were there were some others that were thrown in. Yeah, PC. Well. You see any names that, that jumped out to you? That's the best one I've heard so far. Um, the problem is, is that we're going to be. You might have that thing appearing on like Saturday night, so you can't make it like a breakfast type thing yeah. for Sunday. We've we've had a couple good Sunday related suggestions. We just don't know that it's necessarily like this week, for instance. It could be a uh, it could be a Saturday recap after we're sitting around drinking some of Colorado's delightful yeah. craft beers. Strong chance I'm going to be drinking an IPA during the uh, the next nameless recap. Right. Well, maybe later in this pod we can get you to break down some of your favorite Colorado IPAs as we prepare people for for uh, this game, or, or perhaps maybe in the hype cast, which will be out on Friday. You can you could do that as well. When you've talked with players and coaches from Monday on following their chance to kind of go back and look at that South Alabama game. What has the tone been? Have you learned anything? 
Right. Um, well, the I think the, the biggest takeaway is they're they're scaling everything down on the offense. Um, they they feel like uh, they put too much in. They overthought it. Uh, they had all this time leading into the first game, and so they're hoping that less is going to be more. Uh, and you wonder if that did impact some of the center stuff we saw too because think of the person who has the most rolling through their brain uh in a matter of seconds between each snap it's cameron jurgens and will farniak as redshirt freshmen trying to process like okay we're doing this this and this or what we're and then you got to snap the ball and hit you know hit it hard right off the snap so i can see where that could have caused them some problems uh but i also like mario Verdusco's take today about, you know, we can make excuses left and right and say aliens came down and got in Adrian's head or something. And it, it's, you know, it was just, in his words, quote, piss poor. And uh, that's what it was. Yeah, it's it's been an, I mean, it, how you react to that game depends, I think, on which side of the ball you're on. I mean, I think the defense comes out of that game feeling pretty darn good about the way that they played uh, with the five turnovers uh not consistent pressure but they got pressure when they needed there to be pressure and you know you've got one side of the ball basically saying we're flushing last week uh and and completely starting anew and you've got the other side saying hey we're we're gonna build on this and and see what we can do so it's interesting uh it's been an interesting discussion this week over there i think in terms of how they're looking at that first game any of the coordinators, uh, Walters or Shenander, say anything particularly notable or interesting? Are you expecting any changes, I guess, out of the either unit at this point? I think you could see um, more of a rotation at both receiver and maybe even a little running back. I'm not sure if this will be the week they bust this out, but Ramir Johnson's name came up today from Ryan Held and basically him saying we got to – we got to get him in the mix somehow. They wanted to play him in the first game. And I think across the board, it didn't matter which side of the ball you were on, that game really messed with the plan. I think they couldn't say out loud, but they had, which was you're going to play 120 guys in this game. And this was going to be a great opportunity for, you know, like a Jakeem Green or somebody to pop in there, or Ramir Johnson to get three or four carries and say he's carried the ball in a college game, and then you work from there. And because it was just such a clunky game. Because it was a very Nebraska game. Yeah, well, th- we should be used to that. But I think they had expectations they wouldn't do that this time. And then they snap it 17 times and get two first downs in the second half. And, I mean, seven of the touches went to Maurice Washington of the 17. So there you go. And he looked pretty good when uh, he had the ball. That's going to be the biggest difference, really, honestly, from week one to week two is he's going to be out there from the start, and that changes the whole complexion, I think, of how the offense looks. But Was there anybody you didn't get to see Saturday? You mentioned Ramir Johnson. Anybody else you didn't see Saturday that you think you might see this upcoming Saturday? Is there, like, a receiver – you know, they didn't play a lot of their receivers. They didn't really I know, much at all. That's what I was thinking. Like almost like, four guys they stuck to. Yeah. I was thinking Miles Jones was somebody that we might see a little bit more. Um, Walter said he, kind did he, of, even, he didn't even play in the game. No. They didn't. I mean, they were – Brian said they were looking to rotate their receivers more, and I would think by default you'd almost have to. 
Yeah. They didn't play a ton of offensive plays, obviously, or as many as they would have wanted, but they didn't play a lot of different receiver sets. It was pretty consistent throughout. You got a lot of Spielman, you got a lot of Waddendale, and you got a lot of Noah, which is fine. I mean, those are those are your three guys at this point, but you're going to have to work in some other people. You're going to have to, you know, did did Woodyard see the field? Nope. Did no. Yeah, so Woodyard, Williams, Williams was barely on the field. Uh, there's Mike, a lot of Mike guys. Williams? That, was that? Mike Williams? Yeah. He played probably, I, I would guess, probably the third most snaps yeah. on offense. Yeah. Okay, then – so there are like five guys that played. I mean, it's like Spielman, Noah, Williams, and McQuitty and... got in there some. Yeah. McQuitty got a catch. I don't know that he played a ton. You know, Walter said Noah had a had a good game. Like he was happy with him, even though he didn't have a catch. Well, if Adrian would have hit him, he'd had a touchdown. He he felt like he was he was getting open and doing yeah. stuff. So and doing the little things well. So they like what Conavai's doing. Um, so he's. If you're looking at early picks to click, he could be a guy, like in a game like this, where you kind of need a veteran player to step up. I could see that. Did the the discussion um, about that game, especially defensively, did you did you feel like did, – did guys talk about where they can still get better on that side of the ball? I mean, we heard a lot of, like, eye-discipline stuff. Uh, you know, communication was another thing I heard. Did you guys hear coaches – Angles. Really it was a – Cleaning up some tackles, I think. Um, you know, out in the hallway, you have Garrett Nelson. He basically talked about just doing whatever he can to get more snaps. I think he only played five um, with Alex Davis. It was a matter of figuring out other ways to be disruptive when a quarterback's getting the ball out pretty quickly. I mean, one of the things DeWitt was excited about was um, when Davis was in – he felt like Cephas Johnson really made an effort to throw a lot of three steps because they just they didn't want to let Nebraska's front get back there. And so when they weren't sending the linebackers and they'd run those blitzes, it actually timed out well because then Johnson would hold the ball a little bit longer. And so it, it's interesting how that kind of worked in their favor a little bit. But he was happy with the outside linebackers. One thing he said with Caleb Tanner um, – Second effort at times wasn't where he wanted it to be in terms of pursuit. You know, when, when the play is running away from him, he felt like he wasn't where he needed to be in certain situations uh, getting down the field. So some of that, I mean, but overall, the, the defensive coaches that I talked with and the players, I mean, they were pretty pleased with what they had done. I think they want to see how it holds up. And I think with the secondary especially, some of it is just seeing what that rotation is going to look like with Eric Lee and Cam Taylor Britt uh, at the safety spot opposite of Markell. I think Travis Fisher brought his guys down to <clears throat> earth pretty quick too after that game. You know, it, it's easy to be get excited because they had the five takeaways and they did have ten. The team had ten TFLs, which is a really nice start. Come last year, they had sixty three total for the season, so you're you're tracking well there, uh, but he made it clear to his secondary, like, this is a whole whole new ball game. And Colorado's strength is its receiver. So we're about to see all the talk about how much Boodle and Lamar Jackson have grown and then the significance of Cam Taylor-Britt, which we started to see in the opening week. That's all going to be put on full display Saturday, how, how real that is or how much work still remains. What do you guys remember from – the Colorado side of things from that Colorado game. 
largely just LaVisca Chenault? No, I, I, I remember being – the one thing I remember, and this is going to refer back to Colorado, but I remember Nebraska got a lot of pressure in that game. And the thing that I remember was Steven Montez, I think, is a quarterback that probably doesn't get his due for you know what, what he can do as a passer, and he's he's sneaky good as a runner too. And, and this this offense, they'll they'll use his legs a little bit. I mean, he's not going to be mistaken for Adrian Martinez, but they've got some quarterback running there that that he's can he can do. And I, I you know as as much attention as Chanel gets and those wide receivers, and, and they're very good. I mean, this is a what a third year starting quarterback, a guy that's really been through it, and was pretty accurate. Um, last week against Colorado State. I mean, they didn't throw as much as they had last year. I think he only had 20 or 22 attempts uh, against Colorado State. But uh, the stands out to me that he was probably better than, than what uh, a lot of Nebraska fans remember in that game. Yeah, I, I definitely think Montez was as good of a quarterback as Nebraska actually played last year. Um, you know, maybe Dwayne Haskins, but Nebraska made Haskins look a lot worse than they made Montez look. The thing I remember, though, is that Nebraska's front was able to generate pressure without having to send a lot of extra blitzers. And I don't think Colorado's offensive line has gotten markedly better. And so this could be a good week for guys like uh, Khalil Davis. If you remember, he had the monster hit last right. year on Montez, where somehow Montez held on to that ball. I'm not sure how, but th- this could be a good week for the Davis twins, for Ben Stilley, um, you know, Darian Daniels, who <laughs> I think if you go back and you watch some of the film, you watch the defensive line closely, they had a pretty good day, I felt, against South Alabama and keeping their linebackers free. So I, I think Nebraska's defense has some different things that they might be able to exploit a little bit. The other thing I remember from that game offensively, there was opportunities to run the ball. I mean, Nebraska had a couple big runs, whether they were Adrian Martinez getting out and doing things, whether they were on the zone read. Uh, but Greg Bell had some long runs that he got he got chased down on one of them. Uh, he fumbled on another. Uh, but there was, there was definitely some opportunities there. And Nebraska really shot themselves in the foot early in that game and then late. And I, I don't think – as good as Colorado played against Colorado State, they did the same thing last year. And then they went and beat Nebraska, and they finished with three more wins the rest of their the way against a pretty light Pac-12 schedule. I don't think this team is significantly better than last year, but it does have players like Chenault and Montez that can really wreck your Saturday. So it's a, I think it's a pretty close game. It, or that's how it feels to me. That there's a lot of different things these teams can do to pick on. Uh, with each other yeah I think uh, we didn't bring him up but Colin Miller I thought played really well Saturday he's my game ball yeah and he's going to I think be a huge part of this you know win or lose this week because how many times have we covered Nebraska games like this uh, especially some of these road games where the middle linebacker play has just been lacking where they miss the run fits and you know plays that should be you know, three or four yard gains turn into these 45 yard gains. Um, you think of like at Michigan last year and some of the, you know, meltdowns they've had sometimes. I actually didn't think Mo Berry played his best game Saturday. I thought he was okay, but um, I think he's got another level to him. I think that you saw some separation between Miller and Honus. I did in the first game. 
Uh, Honus took some bad angles, and I think he got dinged up a little bit at one point. Um, but, you know, I have to imagine they're rolling Colin Miller in there to start. And also, of course, JoJo Doman, that's going to be a curious thing. Like, is he in there right off the bat, or how much does his play count go up? Yeah, the, the talking to Barrett Rude, the snap counts for those inside backers really wasn't too all over the place. I mean, they were right around within, you know, seven to ten snaps of one another. I, I don't think that's going to change a ton just based on, uh, I mean, lack of depth. But I, I think Colin Miller definitely had, I agree with you, had the, the better game of those guys. Let's take a quick time out here. When we come back, we can talk about a couple of additions to Nebraska's future family. They picked up a long snapper commitment on Saturday. <laughs> Hell of a tease on the other side of the break. And <laughs> they picked up a 2021 commitment, Brunts. They did. Which we will get into both of those when we come back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we are now back, and you are still here, we hope. Nebraska picked up a couple commitments over the weekend. One of them, R.J. Sorensen, university school defensive end, a 2021 guy, six foot four, 230 pounds, had the opportunity to talk to his defensive line coach on the recruiting hour earlier this week. And this is a guy that fits what Nebraska wants to recruit to a T in that he's still pretty young at 16. There's a lot of growth left, and I would bet you that when he was here this summer, he went through the Dave Ellis thing, and they kind of figured out what his growth potential looks like. The guy has a terrific frame. I mean, he could put on 50, 60 pounds and look kind of like, you know, a miniature Bryce Benhart where you don't have any clue how the guy weighs as much as he does because it doesn't look like it. So I, I think Nebraska is pretty excited about that. Sorensen has some connections to the Nebraska program through his grandpa, who still lives here in Nebraska. Uh, his, he and his dad and his family live down in Florida, obviously, in Fort Lauderdale. But his grandpa is connected with Eric Crouch, some former players uh, as well. And so he knew about the program. And so when Nebraska was interested, he immediately uh, talked to his family, wanted to get up here for a visit, came out for that barbecue on June 21st, and was kind of part of Nebraska's 2021 initiative. So a good first commitment for them there and uh, kind of a step in the right direction. What have you guys heard or read about R.J. Sorensen so far? I think you kind of hit on it that, I mean, that frame-wise, I think that's kind of what stands out is this is a guy that's not – or a kid that's not – he's not maxed out by any means. Um, you know, 
I think when you start talking about you know what, how much weight a guy can hold, I think Nebraska has done a pretty nice job of identifying guys along that defensive line that they can add good weight to. You're not having to take bad weight off and then put good weight on. I mean, it, I think that's probably the the biggest thing. And it's you know to me, it's another another guy in Florida. Um, you know, it, it was a little quiet down there uh, last year uh, in that class, but. Um, you know, a, a good early get. And, you know, defensive line recruiting, I always kind of pay attention closely to that because it seems like Nebraska, not that they don't get get high-quality guys, but it, it just seems like it's that position has been a little bit more of a struggle in the past. And, and then that's just an area where they have to get better, they have to get more depth, uh, and especially with the number of guys that they're going to be losing over the next couple uh, years, that's going to be a really key area for them. I think I think of guys like Mosai Newsom and Jameen Graham and R.J. Sorensen. I kind of all group them together. as You're talking about not getting, like, those maybe the four-star necessarily mm-hmm. guys or the guys who, you know, Ohio State's in on or whatever. Uh, but I feel like for Nebraska to really turn this thing, that group of guys, that category of player, they have to start hitting on because it feels like for too long, for five to ten years, it's just been – there's been a few that have hit, but it's been swing and miss and just – and some big misses. I mean, like, um, you know, down on your knees, swing and miss type <laughs> stuff. So Flailing at an off-speed pitch. Yeah, type yeah. Thing. It's just – so uh, that, that that's going to be something to watch for the next three years. These guys who are in that category where they're not the most high-profile recruits, but Nebraska likes their frame and what they can do with them and their how they can take their raw skills and translate that, to me that's going to tell a lot about this school you know, going from good to elite if they can do that. If they can get to good. Well, that's the first part. you got to get to good. They're not there yet. Right. Yeah, you got to get from uh, wherever they're at. Where are they right now? <laughs> Not good. <laughs> well, then, we'll see. We'll see next week. We'll, okay. We'll see what we're saying next week. Possibly okay. Yeah, possibly okay. Right. Better than Tennessee. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> spot. Them and about 120 other programs seem to occupy that, at least that plane of college football. All right. So R.J. Sorensen wasn't the only addition. But he was the one that went uh, or would be on scholarship going forward. Camden Watuki from Michigan announced as a preferred walk-on, a long snapper. And uh, the number three long snapper in the country, if you go by the ratings of Corn Blue Kicking, which uh, I, often I can't argue with their system, but I also can't tell you what their system is exactly. Um, corn blue kicking a little bit new to me. I'm more used to the, the Rubio camp of, uh, of special teams ranking. It's kind of the same thing. Same yeah, idea. I, I mean, I assume it w- whichever crew you align yourself right. with. What does Bruce Reed use? Assemble your crew. <laughs> so, um, long snapping, it's Chase Urbach right now, right? Yes. He's a junior? Uh, I believe he's a senior. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're in position where they're going to have to replace somebody. And Damian Jackson is the backup right now? He's a backup. They have a number of Cameron Piper, the walk-on from Lincoln, right. uh, 
Lincoln Southwest. He's also a long snapper. I'm looking at the roster now to see which other long snapper. You're also they, giving me some like glances that you're you don't like the direction that this is headed. No, we're we're going down this are rabbit you, are hole. Are you questioning life decisions right now that led you to the point of figuring out Nebraska's long snapper depth talk, chart? Talking about corn blue kicking. Yeah. Uh, Urbach is a senior. Cameron Piper, who I mentioned, redshirt freshman. Uh, Brig Banks, who is the brother of yep, um, Brant Brant Banks. Uh, he's at Nebraska now. He is also a long snapper, a sophomore. Cade Mueller, redshirt freshman out of Gretna, also a walk-on long snapper. So, I think we might be looking at a pretty fierce position battle next spring to see <laughs> who replaces Chase Urbach. I'm glad that you brought this up. <laughs> Sarcasm <laughs> dripping. Just dripping. All right. So Camden Watuki, the other addition there. Nebraska had uh some guys in this weekend. Quentin Conley from Kansas City area, twenty twenty two wide receiver, the mythical big bodied wide receiver. He's six foot five, two hundred pound kid already. As just a sophomore in high school. Uh certainly will be someone to keep an eye on because of where he's at in the region. I think Nebraska sits in pretty great spot right now for him. Um, and then you had Turner Corcoran was here, Blaze Gunnerson was here. You had a kid from Oklahoma named Colin Oliver, an inside linebacker. He really liked his visit. Uh, so it, overall, a good first week. Um, but Nebraska will certainly have a lot more official visitors. They didn't have any. Uh, they'll have a lot more official visitors going forward with Northern Illinois and Ohio State this month, uh, especially if the rumored Ohio State time that is up on the Big Ten website is accurate. If that's a 6.30 p.m. kick, which is really unfortunate because everybody agrees 11 a.m. games are the best, uh, Nebraska will have a ton of visitors in town. For is that is the Big Ten, are they just trolling? It could be, and that's why I don't want to say that it is. It hasn't formally been announced. But the fact that there's other games on that same Saturday that they don't have any times listed for, it would strike me as like a really bad screw up should that have occurred and Maybe it doesn't the intern did it yeah. he was supposed to do like purdue <laughs> purdue northwestern yeah because that's that's the game that we need at 6 30 jim delaney's like right now got an intern by the scruff of his neck like hanging off of the side of the sears tower or whatever the that's heck they call it his now. last act is commission yeah and he's yelling him. at kevin warren this is how you handle these things yep so uh we'll see if that game checks in at that time but it would be a uh, that'd be a very good thing for Nebraska recruiting. That, right. that would seem to suggest that a certain pregame show might be in town. Then, BTN right? tailgate. Yes, <laughs> they they're actually not in town that day. They've already scheduled somewhere else. Wow, they don't want to go head to head. They don't want to go head to head with a certain pregame program. 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 What uh, program? Is there a radio show from Omaha? That's I said do a pregame I said show. Program too. I'm, oh, I'm oh. equal equal opportunity. Surely you're not talking about game day, which we've sworn not to talk about on this show because it just makes people mad that we don't have the same opinion that they do. I'm not. Okay, well then, if we're not talking about game day, might as well move on, right? Yeah. What else do we want to get into today? Well, they got the wheel. The wheel still has a few topics left on it. We, mm-hmm. You want to give it a spin? I did. All right, Brian. I did put it in my trunk. Drove it over Thanks here. Thanks for bringing it over. Yeah. Look at that wheel go. I had to put the back seat... You know, in the Toyota Corolla, you, you put like the back. You got that thing in a Corolla? Yeah, it's wow. amazing. Yeah, it took a lot of work. Had to get. Oh, stopped. Made. There we go. <laughs> What's it say? I can't quite read it. 
<laughs> um, Handwriting on the wheel is not great. <laughs> yeah. Which players on Nebraska's current roster will be selected in the first three rounds of the NFL draft? So I guess. Wow. Is that, I think that's what the wheel says. Am I correct? Can we the get current roster? Which players on Nebraska's current roster will be selected in the first three rounds of the NFL draft? That's okay. what the wheel says. So, so speaks this the isn't, wheel. So this is not uh, this is not just, of course, this upcoming year, but this could be future years, five years down the road. Yes, that's anybody a on the roster currently. Wow, that's a that's a you got to really get your brain moving on that. Yeah, I mean, if you had to sit right here today, who has we the are. most NFL potential? Adrian Martinez. After last week. <laughs> <laughs> Brunch is out. I'm, belie- I'm believing that the uh, poor. <laughs> I'm believing that the aliens got to him, <laughs> as Mario said today. <laughs> um, okay, so Adrian Martinez. Um, I don't look. I don't think there's a lot of guys that fit this category on this team right now. Well, you got to you got to really project like some yep. young young players. Um. If Bryce Benhart is everything he's cracked up to be, a 6'8 offensive lineman mm-hmm. um, that has good feet, is certainly going to be in demand in the NFL always. Ben, Re- ben Hart, top 10 pick, we've decided. Yeah. <laughs> to the Minnesota Vikings in their endless <laughs> yeah. quest to find an offensive lineman. <laughs> be like, yeah, they try- draft the local boy. Spielman's like, try it. Um, what, 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 J.D. Spielman is kind of undersized, would he not be? I mean, where, where does he fit? Unless Rick just throws him a bone <laughs> like, and yeah. picks him first round. I don't, He's seen him enough times in person. Um, I don't here, – Here's a guy that this is a very far-out projection. Oh. A couple guys, one farther than the other. Does Ty Robinson have the, the potential to be that kind of guy? He's he's six four three fifteen right now. He's huge. He's huge. Um, I think he would be playing if not for Nebraska's current depth situation at defensive line. Um, he's got versatility to play outside or inside, so he would be pretty attractive to a three four defensive team. Um, I could see if he develops uh, potentially being that guy. So and this it, is similar to the Bryce Benhart thing. Yes. The other guy that I, I think that we've seen who I think has the chance to play himself into a top three pick would be a guy like Cam Taylor. Cam Taylor Britt, excuse me. Mm-hmm. That, that's the guy that right now who's getting a lot of playing time who I could say he, he, he would find his way somewhere into um, the, the top three rounds. As a on his, yeah, on his current trajectory. Yeah. What about... I don't think he's a top three guy, so I'm not saying this. But where where do we think Lamar Jackson uh, like factors in if he has? A, we're gonna learn a lot this Saturday. But I mean, I, I mean, he has the measurables. He has the look. Um, the only thing that he doesn't have to me is in the NFL. Like, I don't think he can get through a wide receiver block. I, I mean. He looked terrific coming off the edge on a on a blitz, but he had no one obstructing him on it. Uh, when they ran to his side on Saturday, or when they threw a quick uh, bubble screen or whatever it was to to his side, I mean, he was still struggling to get off the block. Like, I mean, I don't want to be the guy that beats the drum that there's still the questions about physicality here, but there are. 
I, I think he's a very good player um, for what he has become, but there's still some shortcomings that I question whether he's ever going to get past some of those things. If I were to make a really bold projection of someone, I would maybe say Austin Allen. Um, he's got a lot of time still in the program. The offense is going to, if it gets to where people think it can get, uh, is going to highlight him. Um, and I think he can be a really good route runner and like a, and, and he is a freak like now as far as just physical yeah. like went down on the field the other day you're like geez you know that's a that's a big freaking dude i mean he was always tall right but now it's like all filled out and mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's the frame a, yeah it's completely different so are we overthinking it because nobody said maurice washington yet i thought about that um because i mean he could play a number of positions too yeah he could He's just get. I mean, it's it's a simple. It's as simple Mike, as he's yeah. got to just keep his head right off right. the field, and that's the biggest thing everybody's going to wonder. So I don't even think it's a matter of like the the physical ability to play the game of football in the NFL. It's a matter of can he, for the next two to three years, mm-hmm. do what's necessary that he can continue to put himself in that position. Is, is he is he an NFL running back or is he an NFL corner? In your mind, because that that was the position that everybody was recruiting him at, except for Nebraska, was they saw him long term at cornerback. I think he can absolutely be an NFL running back, especially with the way that the value of being able to, to catch the ball out of the backfield. Yeah. Um, you know, his watching that guy run. I mean, he glides like I. I don't think Nebraska has anybody else like him when he has the ball in his hands, and that includes. I mean, J.D. Spielman's terrific at setting things up as visions. Uh, you know, unquestioned in that regard. But, man, watching Maurice Washington run, there's like that combination of like a little bit of violence and then just smooth because he's such a good athlete. And he it really feels like he has a good purpose as to where he's going to go with it. Um, and you feel like he could break something about every time he touches the ball. Well, I mean – as much proof as can be given in that last game was by him in the few touches. There's nothing. There was nothing going on up front that was that he great. He created his own holes. And it's just like he was better than everybody else on the field, you could tell, just you know, getting 40 yards basically on six carries. He had a catch for 13. He had 52 yards in seven touches. And that's like, what, it was a fifth of Nebraska's offense in that brief amount of time. All right. Um, I don't know if there's anybody obvious that we're forgetting that someone's. There's a lot of young guys you would just have to. I mean, it's just way too early. Like you would love to say one of those wide receivers, like a Darian Chase, is going to just like like blow up. Like a Wandale. It's a Wandale. Yeah, I never know what to do with guys like Wandale because there's. But I think I do think more and more the NFL's getting away from you have to measure this, you know, to to play in this league, and the Chiefs are have proven that with some of the stuff yeah. they've done and other teams Ooh. bears bears I don't, do it i don't know if he's a top three guy it wouldn't shock me if like the next native nebraskan to get drafted is ben stilly you could see him late in the, i mean yeah. the measurables and everything else i would think he would test well you always got to think of that like who who can do well he uh, stilly Still, he's definitely a guy I think is going to be huge this week too. I mean, to bring it to that, like he, those those guys. There's a few guys that popped up in my mind, and he's got to have one of those games where he 
he's all over the place. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to depart until Friday, where you can catch us on the Husker Hypecast as we get ready for Nebraska-Colorado. Um, but be sure to check out the website this week. Plenty of stuff coming out of practice. Scott Frost talks on Thursday. Uh, there could be certain things that get highlighted. And there will always be recruiting updates and whatever else pops up on the website as well. So check that out at Husker 24-7. Listen to the Husker Hypecast on Friday. It'll be hitting sometimes Friday morning. And... Be sure and listen to the nameless post-game podcast that we will probably have after the Nebraska-Colorado game.